All right, Pedro, what's up? I'm doing well. It's good to see you. I'm doing likewise. It's been a long time. I, f- I feel like we see each other intermittently. Yeah. Like every year and a half to three years at a show somewhere. Yeah. But it's, it's nice to always know that you're still around doing it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I feel, well, because you're older. You're an older guy who's been who's been going to shows for a while. For a while, yeah. And we have like a, we don't necessarily go to the same shows, but there is like a Venn diagram somewhere in the middle <laughs> yeah. where it meets every now and then. Right. And it's cool to be like, oh, that guy's still doing his thing, which mm. it's nice to see, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially in like a, a transient college town, you feel like people fade out every four years. Right, right. I'm sure you've seen a, lo- a lot of that. You yeah, know? yeah. There's, it's, I see it as fresh blood. Yeah. You know, coming in, potential, you know, more like you know, potential uh, scenesters, folks in the scene. That's a nice way to look at it, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. e- even if, like, you know, 10% or 5% of the kids stick around after they graduate, you know, over time. Yep, that's, yeah. that's about the ratio. Yeah. <laughs> they come in and uh, the idea is they come in and, and into the scene, they have a good time, or they learn how to book shows or how to publish a zine. I'm publishing a zine because nobody's doing that. Once no in one a while does them anymore, yeah. And I think... Uh, I, well, I have a theory, but I'll explain it. But yeah, lo, you know, learn how to book a show or st- play an instrument. There was this one young woman who, uh, friend of a friend, and we were at this this show. I think it was Antarctica. No, I can't remember the, the venue. But anyway, uh, she was sitting, and I knew her. And we were, I was sitting in the room, and across there was, you know, a sofa. And there, I was sitting on a sofa. Across there was it's a big room. It's a big living room. And there were these three women. They were talking, and my the female friend, you know, she was sitting there all alone. Sure. And so I get up and walk out because I knew it was only a matter of time the female gravitational force would bring them all, <laughs> bring them all together. And about 20 minutes later, I walk in and they're sharing the you know Facebook. And what I heard the, the girl saying that she never really thought about playing a musical instrument. Yeah. But you come into the scene and people say you want to learn how to play a musical instrument. You yeah. Know, like somebody told me, Pedro, I am surprised you haven't like learned how to play all these years you haven't so i got a guitar cool and and a guitar for dummies and <laughs> classic <laughs> i know there was a like first fest at flemington like yeah. a while ago that kelly helped put together mm-hmm. and um it was it was like really encouraging of like anyone that wants to learn an instrument or play a show because right. you know it shouldn't be anyone that wants to play just should fucking play you exactly know? so um yeah and uh the thing about uh, playing like government fu- uh, funding for the arts and stuff are like cut you know, constantly. And the oh, thing yeah. is, and uh, there was for a while there was this argument that well, if if it's it's been proven that people you know kids who learn how to play a musical instrument are good at math. Sure. And uh, you know, and it kind it kind of like yeah, that makes sense and it's true. But at the same time, it's really you can only the only time like learning how to play a musical instrument is is worthwhile if like something positive like serious like math really is not enough that a per- person like sit down for hours and just practice and make mistakes and learn from the mistakes and yeah try not to be cruel to themselves for making mistakes. It's and, yeah, it's and, grueling. It is yeah, and working with other people, working in concert with other people, you know, paying attention to what other people are doing and things like that yeah it's uh you know there's a lot going on you know with uh as well as learning you know being better at math sure but uh it does i i teach music actually so i did learn all the stats so i could like throw in in parents and teachers faces because it is it's an uphill battle being in the arts because it is like being cut a lot and like i'm I'm lucky where i work in in a good town for art and music but i think there's like there's something cognitive where like it works different parts of your brain at the same time and it just gets like your brain like communicating with itself better right. and just makes you more alert exactly and, like, it, counting. exactly so yeah so and it's you know it changes your brain it does it does and it, it stimulates your brain too like there's there's a theory that like you know if you're pregnant 
put headphones on your belly and make the baby listen to like classical music or jazz or like death metal, like something, <laughs> like, something technical and melodic and fast, you know, Stim something stimulating rather. Something stimulating. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it definitely not is the Rocky positive. Horror Picture Show soundtrack. You know? <laughs> That's a little much. Might shape your child in a very different way. So <laughs> I'm all for you know lining up a bunch of pregnant people and putting playing different music and seeing the results. Yeah, that would be interesting, <laughs> right? Studies like that. Um, but it's nice that you're playing guitar now. So are you just kind of like fucking around with it? Or? I'm just fucking around with it. Yeah. See, that's still cool, dude. Yeah. I'm, it seems like you, you have a lot to, that you want to say, mm -hmm. right? And that's a, that's one outlet you could express yourself. Yeah. Like, you, you've been doing like uh, spoken word sets, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do those go? Uh, they're fun. I have a lot of fun doing it. Have, only recently I've, I've been uh, doing more. There's an open mic at the, this co-op that I've uh, in, uh, New on Brunswick, George Street, George Street Co-op, cool, and uh, which I haven't been going to, but uh, you know I'll be going to again. I keep forgetting to. to uh, it's something I have to plan. You have to set aside time in sure. the evening. You know, this is like hours set of time. And you so, you walk most places, right? I walk most places. That's I don't awesome. drive. I do have a bicycle. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, for I, this area, that's fine. Yeah, it, it's a walkable area. It's yeah. a walkable. Re you can get to the train easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I like the train. It's my f favorite way to travel. I think. Yeah, trains are fun. I um I was planning on doing like a cross country train trip like last summer. I played like some shows on the West Coast, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna take a train back for like ten days. And then I I was starting my new job as a teacher, and I I got a letter that orientation would have been like in the middle of this train trip, so I wasn't unable to go. But it was it was heartbreaking because I would love to just ride in the train across country through like Colorado and like Nebraska and like Arizona, like through like the West and the Midwest and just like all that vast nothingness and open space. You know, I lose touch of that sometimes, like just living over here. Yeah. You know, yeah. just everything's like kind of stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And I love it, but it's just it's a lot sometimes, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm uh, like everybody knows you. Is that what you mean or? Well, no, I don't even think I don't think everyone knows me in that sense. I just feel like claustrophobic sometimes. Claustrophobic, I get more you. in the sense like it's fucking three a.m. and my neighbors are blasting music on the patio <laughs> and partying and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, now I'm wondering. Now, see, that's not likely to happen where I live now. But uh, if I was living back on uh, on uh, Lewis Street, I probably would do that. Just get up. It's three in the morning. I'm just okay. I might just. <laughs> Well, am I going to tell them to like put it down or I'm just going to like invite myself in and just, you know, like, what are you doing? Are you smoking something? Are you drinking something? Yeah, well, I'm, where's I'm, the party? I'm up. It's 3 a.m. and I'm up. So I may as well, yeah. get, you know, get involved. Or if not, okay, we'll just keep it, keep it down then. If yeah. You're, if you're not going to invite me in, just, you know, keep it down. Totally. So I can get some sleep. Yeah, just be cool. Either way, share what you have or just, you know. Right, right. And I would bring something to smoke. I wouldn't go and come in empty handed. That's, that's hospitality. Right <laughs> a bunch of my neighbors were like, and it's weird because like there's adults that party in the front yard and then there's like like 20 year olds in that party in the backyard all in the same house and i'm somewhere in between like age wise i mean i'm 27 but still i, I don't really connect with the adults and the kids like were listening to rap and like smoking blunts and like we talked a little <laughs> bit like oh is that like new childish gambino track but it's like i'm not gonna go hang out with like 19 year old kids they're gonna just think i'm weird so yeah if, if it was more because i'm like in somerset so i'm outside in your bronze like, if i was on lewis street i think it'd be a little different vibe seems like a little more communal there yes so you how long did you live on Lewis Street for at least two years yeah something like that it Bounce was a great summer there was a couple of great summers there. yeah they're great got to take care of a dog one year that's awesome that was that was so much fun yeah how long ago 
this was uh this is like the eight uh 2018 so it was like eight nine years ago that's what i thought yeah when uh we were playing a lot of shows i was playing a lot of shows at gabe's house at, uh i think like 46 lewis street or 27 like when and rob gray lived next door and did right, a, lot of, right. a lot of shows in his basement yeah like a fucking glow stick party i think there glow was stick a lot. party yeah that was yeah. a lot of fun yeah yeah so before that did you were you always in like this area of like new brunswick or uh, I was born in Newark and went to per- high school in Perth Amboy. And okay. In the 80s, moved to, to New Brunswick. Yeah. Just like in the 80s, you were like in your early 20s, late teens. And mid, mid-20s. mid Cool. When I moved, went to New Brunswick. Just gravitated towards like the music scene here? Uh, I got like involved in the music scene. I was like made aware of the local music scene. Yeah. When I moved to New Brunswick. I was... Um, like, I, I wasn't really going to shows in my mid-20s. I went to, like, you know, some shows when I was younger. And uh, and uh, what brought me into, you know, like, more back into the scene, you know, like, listen, you know, I would listen to the music. I was, like, like the I was into Scent, uh, the, Ram- the Ramones sure. and uh, The Clash, I thought, were, were brilliant. Yeah. And uh, some other things like, that are, like, proto-punk or weird punk, like Devo. Which I would classify as a punk rock band. They made yeah. they made keyboards cool, That's and true. Uh, the, I think one of the band members said, "We're the uh, colost- I think we're the fluid in the colostomy bag of punk rock." Oh, or something fantastic! Like, yeah, yeah. just fucking great. Yeah, I'd consider them punk, post punk, like yeah, eighties, exactly. You so know. yeah, they like, had a very unconventional thing, very you know, like an artistic whole perspective and style about it, it. yeah it helps sh- shake things up yeah yeah and uh, but yeah it was the clash i was like really big in the they're clash great. And, so, and so but uh this uh, uh call him a red skin named eli he was a communist skinhead oh wow and uh, i remember i was like i was at the court tavern i was sitting at a table and he was standing next we had a leather jacket and he was standing and i saw a little red book out of his pocket and it's mao's little red book for, uh, I don't know for any commies out there. They know sure. what, they know what I'm talking about. I must have, yeah, <laughs> stocking stuff. But yeah, but he, I, you know, I, you know, kept me in the scene by bringing up, you know, music and stuff like DOA. I don't know if you're familiar with DOA. They're from Canada. Okay. And uh, they're they had a, an album called Let's Wreck the Party. Like p- really, punk skinhead stuff. Punk, or? punk, yeah, punk rock. Definitely punk. Not so much skinhead, but definitely punk rock. Yeah. And political and smart. Really good shit. Totally. And uh, and of course the Ramones. Uh, we want the Airwaves album had come out, and I really liked that. Sure. And uh, but yeah, you just like you know kept me in in hardcore, you know, punk rock and things like that were really yeah. cool. In the in the eighties, I'm, I'm guessing there was a much more like prolific punk hardcore scene yeah. in the area. Yeah. For a while. I mean, and it still comes up and goes away every now and then. Like, I feel like the, the Hub City hardcore days have kind of ended in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, but you still see bands that pop up every now and then. They're still playing the music and putting on shows and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, it's it's nice to see things like that come back. So, it's it's like the 80s. You're getting involved in the music scene around here. Mm-hmm. Were, were, were you like rolling with a lot with like skinhead guys? No, not really. I mean, there there was a, a crew called like New Brunswick Booty Boys, which I thought was like kind of, that's, I don't know what choice was, was that for the name, but they called themselves it, the Booty Boys. Yeah. And didn't really hang out with them. Uh, Eli, the, the Redskin, he was the, the one skinhead that uh, I was hanging out with, uh, you know, most of at the time. There weren't like, you know, there weren't a lot of skinheads. I, it was Eli and there was the Booty Boys and there was, there was me and all this stuff. But he was like, in, you know, he, uh, I remember we ran into him a few years back and he was with a friend of his and he saw me and we were talking and he like you know just he pointed pointed to me to his friend and says i am the reason why he looks the way he does now <laughs> and i'm in my flight jacket shaved head and i was like in full skinhead thing and he was proud 
It was just like, I'm the one responsible <laughs> Primary <laughs> for this guy. I, yeah, I had hair, like a lot of hair at one point. I looked like Slash from Guns N' Roses. Because <laughs> uh, I like metal as well. Like, sure. You know, like, you know, that Hell was, yeah. That was it's good better stuff. than headbang with long hair. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's that's the story with that. So your, your experiences mostly were positive in the music scene around here. Yeah. Which kept you around for yeah, the most part. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And you... It would you'd say you you've seen most of those people kind of move away? Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, I'm still in touch with with uh, with some people I knew back in the '80s, and there were people I knew back. You know, well, in the '80s and the '90s, there are still people I'm more or less in touch with. Like sure. Some live closer, so it's easier to you know like hang out. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. '90s, I think there there was a big like a bigger ska reggae thing too going on in this area, like King yes. Django and um, King Django. Yeah. I feel like um, there's a band called uh, Bigger Thomas. That came yeah. Out of, came I, out of I, New Brunswick. I saw that the the singer, not the dude that died, the other guy. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm, I'm I'm mixing it up. I think someone from Rudy Crew died, but I saw the singer of Bigger Thomas uh, with the Hub City Stompers in the cl- at the Clash Bar like yeah. a month ago, and it's a nice time. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, always. They put on a show. Yeah. And just just themselves. Just Every time. Rocking away on the stage. Yeah, they're fantastic. It's cool, yeah. So I was a big Scott nerd, like, and I, I still am, so it that band is important to me because I know, like, what they did for the music scene, and, like, especially Inspector 7. Like, yeah. Going to the Alien Witch, and, like, they're on the jukebox there. I'm like, that's that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. A little bit of New Brunswick history. Yeah. Um, Wasn't, like... All right, so there's this guy I used to know who worked at the George Street Co-op named Drew, and um, he was like really close with Jan- King Django, Jeff, who like did like Version City, his like studio thing, who still does that, and he toured with like Operation Ivy for a while too. Nice. So wh- when bands played Brunswick, were the options like Melody Bar or Court or Court Tavern? Like were there basement shows going on in the '80s? <clears throat> yeah, there were basement shows going on in the eighties, but yeah, the, it was the, it was really yeah, it was the Court Tavern, the Melody, and uh, there was this other place, the Melody, the uh, the Roxy. Okay, there's a place called the Roxy as well, and there were very different types. The Rock, the Roxy, was kind of laid out more like an alley. <laughs> it was at this long bar. It was a long, long room, a long bar yeah. on the left, and and there would have bands play. There would be a little platform. And if you wanted to go to the bathroom, you have to walk like past the band. So you're rocking out and somebody's like walks up to you and then passes you in order to go to the sure. men's room. And then like, well, practically walking through the band. Yeah. So and uh, the melody, they had things upstairs and it was, you know, it was a cool little like kind of cozy kind of a place. All and, 21 uh, plus. Yes, but still all plus. thriving, like still all important places right. for like the a court tavern like had would have all ages once in a while. I went Be- to some when I was a kid and like I. I could have swore, and then people were telling me like, "No, they never do all ages shows." No, they but... did. The the owner really liked you know doing all ages, but you know the pr- legal problems and shit like that. Yeah, it's hard. It was headaches. Yeah, because you, I mean, the, the rent's so expensive here that you need a bar kind of to yep. make money. Yep, I like the idea of being a publican, like owning a pub, and uh, and maybe like back in the back cooking, cooking like pub pub food. Yeah, yeah. And having you know, I like the idea of uh, you know you can bring the kids and. Uh, or a sofa if you pass out you can sleep uh sleep over yeah yeah which uh, might be a problem legally <laughs> <laughs> sleeping in a commercial he's, i don't want him to drive and you know he's got no money for a that, cab that's right so you're well. in- as long as your intentions are pure yeah that's right yeah <laughs> exactly so melody bar closes down um court tavern kind of i think was open for a while 
and then kind of is in limbo now and like kind of reopening and finding their footing now. Yeah. But what were the first bands that were like doing basement shows here? Because someone told me it was like the Bouncing Souls, but the Bouncing Souls had parties. Yeah, and uh, no, like no bands play at first, but you know they uh, they would have house parties. Yeah, which were great. They were always great, and uh, and uh, they did shows when they moved to Commercial Avenue. They had they they built a you know a ramp for skateboarding, and it was a two car garage. So on one side. <clears throat> In the right garage, they pulled, you know, this pipe, this half pipe. And uh, on the other side, they had bands playing. They, they had, you know, like big That's, bands come in. And yeah. it was like an outdoor kind of a thing. No barbecue, but it was plenty of stuff. This one hang. Yeah. Yeah. One time, one, the second one, they had a band. It was Mind Over Matter. And, uh, and, and the cops came and you say, well, let the band like finish their set. And so they watched and the cops actually got into it. They really liked Mind That's Over Matter. That's cool. They liked Mind Over Matter. Yeah. So, uh, so that turned out pretty well. Nice. So yeah, there were shows like that. And then, and, um, and right next to Commercial Avenue, I can't remember the name of the street, <clears throat> uh, but, um, there was another house that had big shows. Sick, uh, Sick of It All played the last show there. Uh, That's really cool. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, obviously a lot of important stuff going on and it, i mean i think the whole house party thing is neat because it just turns into a hang that's how you like shoot the shit with people and like yeah. that's how you kind of like strengthen the core of like a scene kind of so yeah it's nice i heard somebody say that uh, a lot of people were coming to the show because it was the thing to do in new brunswick during that lewis lewis street years and the where and I and I would think that's right. Wait a minute. I would see these these young women and they would be dressed really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it would be Oh no. Oh, did I step on it? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. My chameleon. I have a light. Oh, you have a lighter. Yeah. Yeah, there was actually a show at the Louis, during the Lewis Street days where cops came in when the band was playing yeah and they, i think it was the band like Vasudeva who like they're like a great like post rock instrumental band. Yeah. And um the cops were like you guys are really good. Um when I was in college here, I saw Thursday and, you know, life, I don't think it was Lifetime, like probably Thursday and My Chemical Romance in the basement. And it's like, you got, we're not going to give you a ticket, but you got one more song and you got to stop. And it was like, <laughs> it was cool for like the cops to like at least not fucking evacuate everyone and like to rat our landlord out and like to be like, yeah, I was a part of this too when I was your age. I get it. You know, like do your thing. Just it's 1030. So you have to fucking stop. <laughs> You know, I feel like a, a key part of having a good house these shows that is having cool neighbors, too. Definitely, yeah. So, like-minded people yeah. to, like, come together. Yeah, that's neat about the Souls, man, especially the fucking half-pipe. That's so cool. So I feel like skateboarding and punk rock go hand-in-hand. Hand. And it's like, they've kind of both, I mean, as far as being in the eyes of, like, the mainstream, like, they've kind of both gone away a bit. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think I feel like when shit goes mainstream, it gets exploited and then like just becomes corny. Yeah. In a way. The uh, the thing we talked about nobody doing zines anymore. I kind of like I don't blame Green Day, but Green Day had this thing where oh, there's this thing called punk rock and it sounds like this and it brought in a lot of kids sure. into this thing and it, for a while it was this period where you can ha have a band and tour and and make a living because it was a slow you know rise. It wasn't just it was just before like when Nirvana came out and things like that. That's when this like awareness of this thing and then sure and then you know you had your blink 182s and your yeah and your green day green day was the you know the band that kind of like you know had this effect and i think what happened was it, you had this 
this one skinhead I know, he, <clears throat> he was in a band, and he was just saying, it's, you know, it's not going to last. You know, people are going to get into the scene, they'll stick around, but most are going to leave. And, you, and, and that's what happened. So you had this huge influx. But I think it was like too much to, to too many people at once to school. So making zines is not like, you know, yo, you go to a show and there's a show and things like that. But uh, you have to see a zine in order to get this idea of publishing, you know sure. what I mean? And everything's online now. Print is a so the medium. Yeah. 100%. Speak for yourself. I, I <laughs> <laughs> it, it will never die. I like I like paper. The physical thing about it is 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 it's kind of unique. You can yeah, you can hold it and take it with you, and when you open it, you're you can only focus on that one thing. Yeah, like you can, yeah, you can lose it on the bus, and somebody else will find it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and this is coming from a guy who doesn't have a smartphone, which I respect. <laughs> I I had a flip phone up until like twenty, I think fourteen, and then I got a smartphone. What's the benefit of a smartphone? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I swear to God, I'll look at the fucking thing for an hour, and then I'll look up and be like. What did I just do? What was I just reading? I don't remember anything. Uh, it's just like static drool. And not, I mean, there's good things about it for me, like work, emails, I guess. You know, yeah. I get to think about work more. That's that's a positive. Right? <laughs> I got to check my work. Email oh, well, there you go. <laughs> on your on your deathbed, you'll be able to say, I got, I worked more. I worked on my I, weekends. Than I could have than if I hadn't got a, an iPhone. That was, I have no regrets. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah if, I, if I wasn't a, a fucking narcissistic band guy, I don't think I would have a smartphone. <laughs> well, take the narcissistic out because I think I'm, I keep myself in check enough. But I feel like the band stuff, it's like a, it's kind of a necessity, but then you feel like everything's so oversaturated online that you're just shouting among, amongst the crowd of people shouting. Right, right. It gets lost. You and know? and uh, the uh, algorithm, the Facebook algorithm, kind of like sets it up so that you end up living in a bubble. Yeah. Where you only like get to see the things that you want to see or that you already agree with. Yeah. And it happens like as you scroll down, like you stop for a few seconds on one, and more things like it will show up. Sure. Like it's not. You know, or like it's not like there's this stream of stories that you know you're going through. It's, it you stop at a place and then it this next thing you scroll under was chosen based on other sure. stuff. Sure, they're calculating everything. How much you look at each ad. Yeah, I mean they listen to your phone conversations. They listen to what you talk about, like in in that really. The home. Yeah, that makes me kind of paranoid <clears throat> when uh, dealing with uh, with uh, things that some people you know might consider illegal. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I worry about it. So I was even thinking that instead of, you know, like mail for sensitive things, I just mail letters to people. And uh, that's relatively safe. Yeah. And uh, fun. Mail, and fun. Mail. Fun. I like writing letters. I got uh, a bunch of Star Trek um, commemorative stamps. Cool. <laughs> and it's got they're beautiful. Like one's the uh, the live long and prosper yeah, symbol yeah. in hand and with the, the Enterprise inside of it. And. There's one of somebody, you know, being transported. It's all like, you know, you know, pixelated and stuff. For, and they're, you know, they're forever stamps. You know, every sure. stamp now has the word forever on it. And so you see the, the live long and prosper thing forever. It's like Star Trek forever. Yeah. It's like such a nerding out kind of a thing <laughs> to, to have. It was like Star Trek. Excuse me. I'm going to seal the envelope with my tears of joy. <laughs> yeah. It's, um you know, that's kind of dissipating as far as like tangible Things that have value, and I mean, we're still a consumerist country, but yeah, you know, we 100% are. But I feel like in the next like 
few generations that's slowly gonna fade like i think a lot of malls are gonna shut down malls are shutting down yeah they're, they're kind of going yeah everything's turning into online yeah ruins like the ancient ruins of greece and rome the magnificent parthenon <laughs> so the malls the, uh, the, uh, that we've got the malls <laughs> yeah this know. is what the archaeologists will find malls and here <laughs> where Sephora. they're here where they're gods you yeah. know here here this is where they came to worship <laughs> this vast you know environment they created this, this pack sun yeah. yeah, and these escalators—they call them—that you would be r raised up, ascend to, to the heavens, be ascending <laughs> upwards, you know, as it, and then uh, then you descend out and back into the real world. Yeah, right? after the after your spiritual epiphanies. At the Cinnabon, ascend to the Cinnabon. Cinnabon. Yes, you, you eat of this Cinnabon, you know, for it is, you know, for <laughs> this is my body. This, this is this yes. vanilla icing is my blood. Yeah. You know, yeah. On second thought, fuck malls. I'm glad they're closing. <laughs> <laughs> they ruined. They ruined the downtowns. Uh, yeah, and, and they ruined the downtown. I mean, I've seen. I've like been on tours, and I've seen WalMarts just become the center of a town and like then you see like these right. kind of fading mom and pop shops and it's like yeah oh, it's horrible all right so much for that yeah but it's i don't think i think the you know the nice hominess of like having mom and pop shops i think that's like outweighed by just the convenience of going yes. online and just be like all right i need potato chips tomorrow and a screwdriver <laughs> and tape measure and just like you can literally Enjoy the buy plans i have for tomorrow <laughs> what i'm going to do with these three things <laughs> And then, you I know, don't don't even ask me what I'm planning to do with the chips. I don't even. That's a secret. That's like total. That's a that's that's part of the thing. The things I the things I'm doing now with my right hand, right now, and he's watching me. I'm here. I mean, like do you want to? You could put the mic down for a second. I can keep talking. Are, my fingers are delicately at work, and he's just like looking at me with a big smile on my face. I'm, and, I'm determined. <laughs> I'm curious to see if you can. Yeah, no, I'm, complete I'm, I'm the pinch and roll while you while you talk about things. Yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's weird. Vinyl's vinyl comes back. That's tangible music. Yeah. It doesn't come back to enough to offset, you know, the loss of music sales. But I was talking about this on the last podcast I did. Like, you know, you used to buy a, a whole CD, and you know, yeah. based on one single, and then half the songs could suck. You know, you never you never really knew. So I, I think music was kind of exploited and commodified, and and the industry suffered. And now it's kind of like in the hands of people again. Shit is way more. DIY, I'd say, as far as being a musician, you have all the tools handy. Yeah. I, I don't know the benefits of signing to a label anymore. I don't. Yeah, that's uh, this is true. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was this uh, this other period where, if you were a small label, you could you know there were a lot of there's a lot of talent you know available to stuff and yeah, but now you're there's still a lot of talent, but everything like you're saying, it's you really don't need to be on a label yeah the only reason i guess is for the platform because like i was saying right. your voice can be drowned out easily right like yeah. there's so many voices but you gotta just assume that if what you're doing is good and true and like people like it just keep fucking doing your thing so you never you never really played in bands but you, you were very active in the show and yeah. like in the scene you're thinking of starting a zine I'm. I interviewed a band. I'm starting a zine. I. I am like doing the zine. That's thing. cool. It's just uh, find me a place. I gotta like f figure out how to hook up my printer. Find find or just buy the cables to hook up my scanner and sure. the printer and do that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I did a zine before, uh, and you know, so I'm getting. And I've got nothing but uh, to this day, like people. You know, last year somebody like you know complimented me on the zine, and this cool. was like over. 
you know, this is like over 10 years ago. Wow. And uh, so that's got, nice. Yeah. It got me to think, yeah, I should got go back to doing it. Totally. And uh, it's kind of different, like, because in the zine, it was like, um, it, was, it was pretty diverse, like politically. And, and there were a lot of different kinds of bands, and like including skinhead bands. Sure. Who tend to be very conservative. Yeah. So, but I also have like <clears throat> stuff like uh, for, like, you know, liberal progressive, like part, which it was kind of like uh, taking, uh, taking like, uh, like Act, you know some leftist you know crunchy granola act, activist <laughs> culture and uh and how it uh, alienates people and well how it like actually contributes to things not being diverse sure yeah if you if you try to be so inclusive that anyone who isn't 100 percent on the same page you shun then you're not yeah. necessarily being inclusive yeah and uh <clears throat> I, also, I published uh, this one skin he had interviewed a band no he really interviewed some guy with um of this record label, and uh, which I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I think I know, remember, what, but I might be wrong. But anyway, it was <clears throat> uh, the guy you know who already was super like right wing conservative, and the guys in this record label were super right wing conservative. But there was nothing racist or anything in the interview. Yeah, it's and just so, working class style. Yeah, well, yeah. Some <laughs> people say it was sketchy, and uh, they put out a 12 inch with. That was just terrible music, just really bad and really super horrible. There was one song about fag bashing called Fag Bashing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that... And that alone, that alone should tell you how unimaginative. I mean, there are plenty of songs about beating up gay people, I mean, but they just didn't make the effort no, to come yeah. up with anything new or innovative just, yeah. in, the, in that genre. When was that? Because that fucking blows my mind. That was also like a long time ago. That was yeah. you know years ago, and I didn't review the album because there was no point in reviewing. It was it wasn't even the politics. It was just really bad music. Sucked. I had other people listening to it, and this this is terrible. As I <laughs> I think it, yeah, and they all said it's terrible. So I didn't yeah. point see the point, in, but I did post the interview, and I got a little a pushback from this one skinhead was a sharp you know anti-racist skinhead sure because you know the uh, the label he thought was kind of sketchy and you know a fag bash long and yeah, uh, yeah. and i said well i, pu I published it because it wasn't going to be published unless you know i published it, it was just a sit and it was a good interview the interview yeah and it wasn't going to be i you know it would be my you know and i i thought it's you know they're part of the scene whether like it or not they're like a part of the scene we interact sure. with them so that, so, I mean, that's big of you to to do that, like to to swallow, because I think l so many less people today would swallow something like that and be like, no, no way are no you going to be a part of my thing, because then it seems like you'd be affiliated with it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You. Uh... It's just th things are more polarizing now. I feel right. like we're like, and I, I think the um, the the internet makes it difficult. Where like a, a benefit of a zine is you can put ideas out there, and then you know no one can like or comment or add up. You know. Uh, scene points on Facebook, but people can have a conversation about it. So it, it can it can in a way open up a dialogue that's not online because online isn't the best place to have a conversation. Really, I agree. You know, you, unless they can come up with a sarcasm font, that would be or, actually really nice. What is that? Sans? I can't remember the Comic name. Sans? Of, Comic Sans. Comic Sans. Font, that yeah. could be. You know, we should like make that the sarcasm oh, font. That would be really <laughs> good. <laughs> Yeah, I can't even tell who's being ironic or sarcastic anymore online because I think it's just it's becoming. What's what's the thing? The snake that eats its own tail. Uh, the Ouroboros. Yeah, the snake that eats its own asshole. I feel like that's what the internet is becoming, <laughs> which is shit regurgitating shit and irony stemming off of it. One thing, yeah, I want to ask you what irony is, but I also want to uh, the the veneer of civilization. This one woman, I can't remember her name. She's a famous uh, blog writer and things like that. Female and fat. 
and uh, proud of it, or at least not ashamed of it. Sure. And uh, she gets like attacked just viciously by by trolls. And uh, at one point, she was talking about there was this one you know incident where one of her trolls actually confessed and apologized. Wow. For like making her feel so bad. Yeah. And he made a donation to a charity. Like okay. in her name and sent sent mailed her the receipt to prove that he had done you know done that and uh but she said the inter- the internet like reveals you know the veneer of civilization and just strips away and we can see who who what we really are yeah what we're really like. savages and uh, <clears throat> i think there are people who are like the opposite of savages <clears throat> but um uh i don't think you hear uh, there was this one comedian i can't remember her name now but uh she uh she there was she forgave this this troll you know who was like you know saying all these sexist things about her and she responded by she she went to his Facebook page and saw that he was going through like a rough time and uh, and just say you know it's you know I understand you know you're going through a lot of pain and all this other stuff and it it was you know you don't hear about that very often no you don't but people whose hero is uh, Fred Rogers of Mister Rogers Neighborhood yeah who was a great man yeah was truly great man yeah a warm soul. But yeah, the uh, you use the word uh, <clears throat> ironic, irony. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I was wondering what that meant because I was <clears throat> conducting my uh, <clears throat> my my medical experiments. Ahem. Sure. <clears throat> yes, <laughs> strictly for science. I was uh, strictly for science. I was experimenting with different uh, different uh, strains of cannabis. Sure. So see, and I was taking notes, you know, throughout the throughout the thing. Yeah. But the note taking kind of like faded. <laughs> As the day progressed, so I'm gonna have to do it again. Sure. But it was it was interesting that they they do have different strains and they do have like a different effect. Yeah. And so I was, yeah. So uh, I wish I'd brought the the notes with me. Yeah, you I, can I, read I, them out. I got I got to told you. Uh, I, the the uh, the first was anyway. I don't want to get into it without my notes. Sure, sure. Next time I'll come on with the notes. Um, or maybe do a live. <laughs> that would take hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the word irony, because I was like. Smoke, you know, like have you know having a smoke, and at one point I'm like I put on uh, I put made a note of one of the notes was what I was wearing, which was my short you know cutoffs, my jean cutoff, short shorts, and a cutoff T-shirt, and uh, and I was wondering if somebody was there would they say are you being ironic dressed like that because I looked like you know some skater out of the 1970s sure <laughs> with a little skate little bitty skateboards I had back then yeah well, one could argue that's a, be trying to be ironic you're being yourself but yeah I was being do myself but is that being ironic not if you're being yourself no yeah, yeah. I think if you if you're a person that feels it like oh this is a bad outfit but I'm going to wear it to be erotic I get it okay. so you know what's that Alanis Morissette song it's like rain isn't on it ironic it. yeah she doesn't know what she's talking it's about just, she's talking as, about opposites yeah, yeah there was this there's a comedian Mo Rocca who okay. uh, who explained it perfectly Okay, he said, uh, Alanis Morissette thinks that irony is like uh, Ray Yane, you know, <laughs> on your wedding day. Yeah. But that's an idiot. Irony is about expectations. So uh, irony is you you live in Seattle but you have, and you want to have a wedding outdoors, but it rains in Seattle constantly. So you, or, you uh, have it in, uh, you organize and get to have it in Death Valley sure. where it never rains. What happens, though, is it rains in Death Valley. And it's perfectly sunny in Seattle. Yep. That's ironic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, about expectation. Yeah, totally. It's not just opposites. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not just, just opposite. the opposite song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so me and my short shorts and the cutoff t-shirt are, is not ironic. I think you're is good. It, this is how I, don't, how I dressed in the 70s. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, you're just being you. Be, I'm just being me. Now I'm rocking a kilt. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good look. Thank you. Yeah. I was uh, somebody like I was I did a went to a spoken word thing and uh, the the MC said that I was the best dressed awarded the best dressed person all like just a white long sleeve shirt a white shirt and a kilt and that was it I'm <laughs> the best dressed that's that's all you know, that's all it takes that's all it takes yeah um what do you what do you talk about at your spoken word sets hold on I yeah. gotta light something up <laughs> just some candles. <laughs> Candles and uh, and uh, and incense. That's yeah, right. it'll, it'll be like beautiful smoke. Yeah, fragrant smoke wafting it, around. Here. Oh, it smells extremely nice up here. You know, yeah. The government's listening. They're, I'm gonna get ads on my Facebook for candles and incense. <laughs> They're listening, but they can't smell and they can't see the incense. Oh man, yeah. I, I'd imagine that a lot of people at a show, dressed like me, more so norm, not normie, but like. Beanie, like I was at a show recently and I had this beanie on and I was like, oh my God, there's just like six, six college dudes here with maroon beanies. And I'm just, you know, and not like I try to stand out. You're like, like a, you're like a pack, <laughs> like yeah. lions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just the dudes, just the, the music dudes. That's what I felt like I was part of. I don't know. It's not a uniform. Uh, what do you all right so how do you feel actually about uniforms in in the music scene that's a good question yeah because you've seen more of it than i like i yeah. grew up i grew up as a fucking mole rat mole metal kid so there was that whole thing but that was a phase of like expressing your teen angst like you've seen adults with in uniform yes so with any group of people just hold on one more um <laughs> one more one more uh sentiment uh, inhalation of incense yes I, I we I so I was at that Hub City show and um I mean obviously a lot of skinheads, right? Yeah. Um a band was playing and one of our friends was like, It looks like the Clifton Fire Department it is on stage because it's like all guys in like blue jeans and like red shirts and shaved heads. <laughs> and um their album, the band's album was called uh Make Oi Great Again. So yeah. going back to the conservativeness. Yeah. But so you've seen you've seen a, a lot of fashion trends come and go. Mm-hmm. Right. What's, I feel like you managed to be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing is even if you, I guess, dress the part, because there, there was value to like skinhead culture coming up, like when it came up in Britain or whatever. Not the, the racist part that was appropriate. Yeah, that was messed up. Thing. Yeah, that was stupid. But like, you know, the, the it ca- was the punk rockers who brought the skinhead scene back. Yeah. Which is uh, Mickey Fitz. He was a man called The Business. <clears throat> when he at shows, he would. <clears throat> Talk to all the punks. Hey, let's hear from the skinheads. Yeah, let's hear from the punks. Come on, skinheads, applaud them. And he would say, we wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the punk rockers. Because skinhead thing started in the late 60s, early 70s. And yeah. then they grew out of it. Sure. And uh, then punk rock came along, and it, it brought the skinhead scene back. It was a different skinhead scene, but it was, you know, they brought the skinhead scene back. Yeah. So thank you, punk rockers. Or fuck you, punk rockers, for doing that, <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it wasn't always ra- like in Britain, it wasn't racist because nah. it came like from I don't know if Indies or like Jamaica, the, the Jamaican but, culture. Yeah, uh, it was like out of Jamaica, Jamaican independence in 1959. Sure, and uh, you had a lot of J- Jamaican uh, youth have going, you know, Jamaican immigrants going to having dance halls where you'd go and you'd have a DJ playing music, and it would be at the time it would be ska music, and white you know working class British kids would be go there as well, and. They get they you know crop their hair Shave, down, yep. but it's not not like really short, short like a quarter of an inch or something. Yeah, like, like that. buzz cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and uh, those were the the first skinheads. Yeah, and then so it would be you'd see black and white, you know, totally. guys singing, you know. That's where like two tone, two tone, and like checkers came out of. That yeah, two tone was this one period you know, of of scours and anti, de, de, you know, definitely anti-racist theme. Sure, running through it. Yeah, but then somewhere along the line, it did become like. Racist, racism racist ska yeah well not <laughs> Homopho- there's, there's homophobic sh- ska oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah yeah but uh, you mean like you know the racist thing and the, the yeah. sharp the anti-racist Sharps, thing yeah. yeah there's like complaints about sharp when people complain about sharps being politically correct and all that and the, the, where the only the only place sharp chapters exist is when they're nazis so you blame the Nazis for a sharp, <laughs> yeah, for sharps, for sharps. Uh, in, in, it was yeah. a pushback. It wasn't. It was a pushback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're not being pussies. They're saying like this is fucked up. Yeah, you know. And uh, there's uh, you know articles now about uh, there was a riot in Tompkins Square Park uh, in dec- New York decades ago. This was decades ago, okay, okay. but it was a big deal at the time. And you know there would be like skinheads and uh, with the American flag flying and all this other stuff. And it was a period where there was like a a battle a kind of battle going on between i mean not skinheads in general but like nazis and white supremacists taking over the scene appropriating the scene sure and that uh that didn't happen but it was you know it was <clears throat> like the punk rock side where that, that kept that from happening yeah yeah i mean it's all it's always a few people who get just a lot of attention yeah if you look at that like unite the right march is yeah. like 500 people yeah. in the whole country in, in virginia granted some terrible things happen right like riots yeah. and like black guys can like beat beat down but it's like it's such a small portion of the country yeah they need to be stopped yeah that shouldn't you know they shouldn't be allowed to hurt people obviously but i think things kind of get blown out of, out of proportion with like you know when you shine a light on that and give it more attention, then people feel uneasy around each other. And I feel like it kind of becomes more polarizing still. It's more like picking sides and stuff. And like were you saying with the left becoming like not tolerant in a sense, because they're so rigid to their beliefs. I feel like, well, I I don't know if it's about not being tolerant. I think there's like, they're like loud activists who are, I mean, they've always been around like loud activists. Sure. Who are, who, there's one, right. I don't like this term, but one writer referred to it as naughty activism, like, you know, to be shocking or, and, uh, and uh, <clears throat> so I think there's this, it's, it's always a minority of people who like can make, you know, positive change or negative change. Sure. It's always a, you know, a small amount. Number yeah, of it is. Like I mean, yeah, those voices definitely are important, you know, and you need the, you need the far left to push, people on the right more to the left like i feel like you need the the extremes to help now you don't need extremes when it's hatred or violence or bigotry or yeah racism but like you need you need social justice extremes to help push people over like and kind of see points baird rustin was uh baird yeah baird rustin he like organized the march on washington where uh martin luther king jr gave his i have a dream speech yeah but he was uh he was both an activist and he got involved in politics and he said uh, act, uh, politics is about compromise. Activism is about no compromise. Sure. And that's, you know, that's a very, you know, that's, you need the no compromise. Yeah. Kind of attitude. No bullshit. Yeah. Cause that's how you, you fight and get your way. Yeah. Or get things you feel important for, you fight for them. I want, I wanted to go back to your spoken word stuff because I, it seems like you're, you write a lot. You have a lot, you, you have things to say, right? Okay. So, yeah. What, what have you, I was going to say, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, things to say if you, all right, if you, you, say did, so. you did, you did a zine, right? Yeah. I mean, not many people do those, especially in this day and age, but the, the fact that you're doing things like that and you're involved like locally in, in a music scene or in a community rather. Yeah. 
what are, what are your sets like? What are my sets like? Hold on a second. It, it depends on, it's like, it's, it, sometimes it starts out with like a set piece, something I, I know. Yeah. And then it just kind of like goes off on tangents. Sure. And other times I'm, I'm more laid out about, you know, what I want to talk about. I try to set it up to to reflect something from the audience. So okay. I haven't had that diverse, you know, an audience like punk rockers and uh, like mostly I, mostly progressive people. I've done uh, spoken word. And sure. So that's that's not, the crowd you'll find at an open. Yeah. Mic, you yeah. Know? People that are willing to listen and express themselves. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that one tiny guy's kicked. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just kind of like difficult to smoke. And this one, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the incense. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how many, I, we're not fooling anybody. No, <laughs> it's fine. The, the last, last episode, there was a heavy weed talk. I think it comes up on every, you know, you talk to people that are movers and shakers and involved in music and going to shows and, you know, nine out of 10 times the weed's going to come up <laughs> in one way or another, you know? Yeah, um, so you were saying you you might get a medical card? Yeah. Uh, nice. I haven't, like, looked into it that much, but it's on my list of things to do. Cool. I don't have much. Uh, there's a lot of paperwork involved. Yeah, they they yeah. made it, diff on their Christie, they made it kind of more hard. I think in the if you, in a year it'll be very easy, much easier. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So... Yeah, sorry. One more time. Okay. Yeah, this, so, so we got to get off. Right now in my notebooks, I'd be writing, my eyes feel fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> will you, will you like smoke before you perform? Yeah. This is where it's, I'm also at the state where <clears throat> I start to get undressed. I take my shirt off at this point. I actually, I wanted to bring something up because I've seen you pit naked at shows. When's the last time you've done that? It's been a long time. <laughs> Do you feel like in today's climate, it's less acceptable? I hope not. Well, the, the and the, see the thing is, when I've done it, the bands are thrilled. The bands are yes. just really happy about yes. it. You're bouncing off the walls naked. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, I remember <clears throat> there are two little two stories. I, one is, <clears throat> I was in Philly at this space, and the band uh, Limp Wrist was uh, headlining, and yeah. a band called uh, Rambo from Philadelphia. Okay, I've they were them. they were a great band, great punk rock band. Yeah. And now this is in a venue or like a... a venue. Okay. But it, it was a very cool venue. Yeah. You were going to say something? Well, no, I was going to say like in a, in a venue, it seems like it'd be harder to get away with something like that unless you're in a sea of people. This was a, you know, this was like a punk rock venue. This okay. Is, if it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, anyway, so <laughs> they know what goes on. It's pretty It's much, not <laughs> like Starlight Ball. I have a, I have a, a philosophy. If I had a pub and, uh... Did I mention this earlier about wanting a pub? Well, yes, in yeah. the couch. In the couch. <clears throat> Nudity uh, would personal, be encouraged. Yeah, a personal like a motto or uh, the 11th commandment of, of my pub would be, you can be rowdy, but you can't be rude. You can be rowdy, but you can't be rude. Yeah. I got this once when I was uh, hanging out at the court tavern uh, one day, and um, this guy, like, you know, like peeks in, you know, uh, through the door and says, am I allowed back in? Have I been de-banned? And, you know, like, you know, and he comes over and, uh, and, I, and he had referred to, uh, A, it was a customer who was of Asian descent as like a chink or, or something like that. And it was a friend of the, of the, the sure. it was the wife's owner, oh, you know, God. that she was beyond pissed off. Yeah. And so she 
banned him and that's what happens and it's kind of thing at the court tavern was a total dive bar so if yeah. you got banned there there wasn't much else for you to go <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're that kind of person that gets banned and so anyway like he's talking to to um to to bob bobby bobby albert who owned it at the time and uh the guy says bobby like i pushed over a table you know, with the pictures and glasses on. I, I pushed over a table and, and Bobby says, you know, you know, that's, and, and I hear this and I say, you can be rowdy, but you can't be rude. Yeah. Tossing over a, t you know, pushing over a table is not the same as calling another human being a chink. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Sure, sure. <laughs> There's a galaxy-wide distance, a difference between the two. It's almost like... And that would be the rule in my place. You can be rowdy, you can be rowdy, but you can't be rude. That's fair. Like urinating in the corner, that's rude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Knocking a table over if you don't, I guess, break too much. No, you're if you're willing to, if you break the picture with the pay, plastic pay for anyway. It. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you pay for the yeah, cleanup. But remember, yeah. yeah, I remember this one uh, out in the city, in, out in New York City, in this punk rock. It was so early, and like the, only the second band was on, and this kid was outside, this punk kid, Mohawk and all, all that, you know, started throwing up on the on the sidewalk. And of course, you know, the guy, you know, the guy running the thing, like, who did this? And of course, it was this punk rocker. He comes out with a bucket and a mop and all of a sudden, you have to clean this up. Yeah. <laughs> Accountability. Accountability. You have to clean this up. <laughs> and it was, ah, there, there was laughter and all yeah, this stuff. But yeah, yeah. Deal with it. You got to deal with it. So what happened when you were in Philly and you got na you got naked in a pit? What happened was uh, in Philadelphia, I look, you know, to my left and there's this kid, he's naked. And I was like, oh, wow, he's all ready to go. Apparently, this was a Philadelphia thing. This sure. was not unusual. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So he's naked. And then there was this other naked kid. I'm like, oh, there's a third naked kid. Oh, that's adorable. Then a fifth. And I'm like, mother, son of a gun. And so I start stripping off. Stripping. <laughs> Rambo's about to go on. And it's like, well, not yet, not yet. And I'm like, because I, I got to unlace the boots and everything else. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a great, it was just uh, a great time. It was yeah. just cr crazy fun. Crowd didn't care? No, they don't care. It's yeah. Philadelphia, apparently. That's like not unusual or yeah. wasn't unusual at the time. Cool. And uh, and then this other time in, uh, in New Brunswick, I was at a venue. And the, when the bands are really good, I get naked. When the band I get carried away, I, you know, I get yeah. naked. And people I've seen cool. it happen like stress at stressed out shows. Stressed out <laughs> shows were great. Those were funny. Yeah, and yeah. and again, like the lead singer of Stressed Out was just thrilled my, every time. Rich, my doppelganger. My, people yeah. say we look very alike. Like, so. Yeah, all this nudity, and you know, he was really smart. Like the last the last show, there was you know like, there was more nudity than usual. <laughs> I wasn't the only one. Good. And he was and he was really uh, grateful. Yeah. But uh, I was <clears throat> got naked at this one show. And my friend was there with his new girlfriend. And um, and so she said that she was thinking of getting naked as well. Okay. But she she didn't because she felt that for me, she said, for me, it would have been different. Sure. Ah, uh, see, and I, I never thought of that. Yeah. I never you thought it. become so, objectified, even if, like, not by you. Even like, not by you. Because you're viewing her just as a person. Right, Someone's right. going to be like, oh, yeah. So the girl thing, parts. Yeah, the thing in this scene is, you know, women should, you know, feel secure in being, being able to get naked. At a show. Sure. Otherwise, it's just a privilege on my part. Yeah. <laughs> flaunting, flaunting and wagging your male Wagging privilege. around, laying around like a, like a Christmas tree ornament dangling away. Uh, well, now, what if someone doesn't want to see a naked guy at a show? 
look away. They look, look away. Yeah, I'm, that's kind of, yeah, this yeah. is the thing about like, you know, on, on, on the liberal progressive sides, it's like hurting somebody's feelings sure. is, is bad. Making somebody uncomfortable, you know, is bad. And I can totally understand that. Like once this was back in, uh, uh, back in, uh, at the 90s, it was a turn of the century. Anyway, it was, <laughs> uh, this friend, uh, his friend of mine uh, has a brother, and I found out that his brother was in the Marines. Okay. Because I was walking by their house, and the Marine flag <laughs> was was uh, was flying along with, the, along with the American flag. Great guy. Yeah. He's a musician, and uh, one at one one time there was this uh, this at this house uh, they, there was a, a a wounded pigeon. Okay. That it couldn't fl- it wasn't flying or anything, and the, and, the, and they were worried so. Uh, they went into call animal control or whatever, and the, and this guy, this marine, was out uh, with a saxophone serenading the pigeon. Wow! So that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, they heard about a poetry reading, and so oh cool, some poetry. So he wants to dress it, be his look his best. So he dr- dressed in his dress blues, which is the formal marine. Uh, so you see him, and he is a marine. Sure. And. Uh, dress blues fully looked out looking great yeah so so he walks in and he told me this he walks in and suddenly everything got quiet people were like looking at him he he suddenly felt uncomfortable and uh and it kind of pissed me off but at the same time i kind of understood sort of in a way i don't i can't say i truly understand i wasn't really that pissed off because today uh this was like you know like 15 years ago today well more like 20 anyway it was a while ago Today, uh, they would have thought, oh, my God, we didn't create a safe space for the Marine. Yeah. We didn't create a safe. Well, we made somebody feel uncomfortable. That, that's like the, that I seems to be a big part of it. I think, like, you would still kind of get shunned if you were a Marine. If you, if you imagine going to a basement show in Army attire, I think some kids, like hip kids, would give you a look still. Yeah, see, yeah. that's not cool. No, it's not. Everyone should just fucking hang out. I, ha- I have a bandmate. And one of the bands I play in, and he's like, he'll wear like sports jerseys. He likes basketball, you know. He dresses yeah. how he wants to dress. And I've seen him get vibed by people. Like I've seen him get like stares, like, oh, what a jock. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's 2018. What are you, what are you doing? You know, right? It's funny how that flipped. Like early 2000s, you know, the, the. Uh, Fuck the story that we saw on the TV was the jocks who beat the nerds up, right? Right, right, right. And now, fifteen years later, the nerds are judging the jock and like, you know, <laughs> be attacking him with sarcasm. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Not puns! No! <laughs> yeah, God, less puns, please, this year. I can't do any more fucking puns. Yeah. It's just funny how things change over And this time. is where I'd get naked, like right now. This is the state. I've got the smiley. We're gonna call it smiley weed. Yeah, I yeah. can feel my cheeks. <laughs> You know, so it's like it's like an energy thing. It's an that's it exactly. That's, that's what and that's like, what I, I like my 100 push-ups. Like sure. yesterday, I got you know I got the, you know had the smiley smiley weed and you know got the cheek and I, it was energy a lot of energy. So yeah. or I I, I can ju- I can like you know do 100 push-ups or I can masturbate three times. <laughs> and I will like screw that. You made the right choice. I mean fuck this. Yeah, I can do that anytime. Yeah, exactly. That's, don't that would just be a waste. Yeah, laying <laughs> so, in your own filth. So I did. Uh, yeah, so I did. Uh, you know, 100 push-ups. Not all at Respect. once. I started out like 25, and I started getting you know I got tired like, and then another 25, 50, 
and yeah. then uh, 15 and then at, at at a certain point i stopped you know a- adding like you know i did 15 and 25 then I, I started counting up i'm 67 i'm gonna go and six, 68 69 70 and it actually kind of like worked better you, in my brain you squeezed them out which is funny yes. because if you masturbated three times you would be squeezing it out by it, the third time exactly so. dust really i'd be <laughs> de- i'd be dehydrated and what would be the point of that yeah nothing nothing just, you just lay in bed or lay wherever and just be bummed out exactly <laughs> well all right so there oh also there used to be like an old punk band called ped yes okay post ejaculatory depression exactly. <laughs> Dude, that, is, that is such a real thing i wish like i knew more about that were they played around here yeah they played around here yeah they were great they cool. were hilarious yeah that's the great name i'm sure the lyrical content was on point As, uh, yes indeed yeah they're very goofy <laughs> All right, so something about another great new uh, New Brunswick band, DOA. Okay. Uh, no, AOD. 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 What What did that stand for? Um, Adrenaline Overdose. Cool. And they were they were uh, the Chunks of Records put out some of their vinyl oh. again, real old vinyl, and it's great. They're I'm gonna, they dig, were, I'm gonna dig that up later. And they were YouTube. hilarious. They were so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You were about to say. Oh yeah, I was saying there's something about like mosh pits and push pits whatever that there's an energy to it that i feel brings people together agreed when you're when everyone's there having a great time watching a band and like just fucking going off the wall and going crazy it like it to me it feels like it unifies people and it some people feel like it's bad and it makes people feel isolated and attacked and i don't really feel that Mm. Granted, I'm a I'm a male. I'm a guy. I'm I'm taller. I, I don't really have to worry about getting hurt too much. I have gotten punched in the face and yeah, I've yeah. been very upset about it. <laughs> but that's like that's the nature of it. It should be like chaotic, right? Yes. And some of the chaos is a naked guy <laughs> bouncing off the fucking wall. It happens once in a while. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's like an ideology of of punk rock that can be lost sometimes, where it's like. I mean, there was that whole like crowd surfing debate like a, a few years ago. Yeah. Where, well, what was the debate? Well, this band Joyce Manor, like they the band would stop on stage whenever someone stage dove. Cause, and, I, and I get it in the sense that if you're an idiot and you're just diving onto mm-hmm. a girl's neck. My, right. my, my girlfriend at a Joyce Manor show literally got jumped on and she was standing by herself and knocks to the ground yeah. and, and she got up and she fucking punched the guy in the head. She was upset, <laughs> rightfully there so. There you go. Good for her. Exactly. Some vindication. <laughs> But, like, the band would stop on stage and lecture about, you know, stage diving and crowd surfing. So... What was their argument? It's not safe. Okay. They, they don't want it to happen during their music because they don't want anyone to be hurt. So I they get it. They're, like, um... They're a, a like, fuzz punk band. Like, almost like Weezer, like, uh, faster. Right? Okay. So it's not necessarily the same... You're not getting the same crowd that you would at, like, a punk hardcore show, right? Right. So different different people, different mindsets, right? But I just think it's it kind of is part of having fun for me. Yeah. And I like yeah. doing it at a lot of shows. Yeah. Well, whenever it happens. Granted, a yeah. lot of the shows I'm at, it doesn't happen. But yeah. I'll headbang and push into people as much as I can. Yeah. It reminds me of this other thing where um, uh, a guy was at this show and it was, you know, there were like hardcore bands and punk rock bands. And anyway, there um, this one, this one kid, this one skinhead, like, you know, came up to me, you know, know, was between bands and uh, and he was shirtless and sweaty and, you know, and and like just 
you know, young, you know, young lion. You know? Sure. <laughs> and anyway, like a, a bit of a fight broke out and then, you know, some people were complaining about it and he just kind of like shrugged his shoulders and then walked away. <laughs> and yeah. A couple of weeks later, he came to deliver mail at the radio station because he's working at UPS and he brought some, some mail and he was talking about uh, what happened at the fight and he'd said, you know, they, so the kids were saying, well, we just want to have fun. And he said, for some of us, getting into a fight is fun. Yeah. And I think that's something important that needs to be acknowledged. It's true. And because uh, it's know, true, it's it it exists. Yeah, and I remember you know years and years ago. Of course, everything is a long time ago. <laughs> so just let's assume. I this mean, is, goes goes back at least as far as the eighties. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah at least so some, I, somewhere between wanna, the eighties to present. I want to be precise in the dates, and I'm just it's <laughs> I can't just keep. I'm not in the mental state. Sure, I think to the do incense that. had something. So there, it's yeah. it's a while back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like some, some people do want to go to shows to fucking vent. I, yeah. I don't think you should ruin someone's night. I, I think if you're at a hardcore, like I've been to some meat locker shows in the past three years where people are throwing punches out of my head and like yeah. kicking the walls. And it's like, all right, well, I know this is going to happen. I'm choosing to stand here still because I had a, a good time. Yeah. Kind of feeling uneasy and kind of the thrill. And like I would get in there too and push people and like dance or whatever. And like it's part of the thrill and part of, I guess, the culture of it. But when it becomes like, hyper masculine toxic like yeah misogynist that's when it's like too too much it loses it's not fun anymore but there yeah the line becomes blurred between where where what's okay and what's not because everyone has a different line yeah i like, yeah. remember uh this one it was reported these this one one skinhead was re- reported talking to another 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 skin a friend of his saying i can't wait for the last band so i can get into a fight with skinheads from out of town <laughs> and uh, you know the sting of battle is you know something and so the thing is like how do you how do you like how do you factor that in yeah into a scene yeah like can you say like, because you know, it's it can be fucking destructive yeah it can ruin exactly, a yeah. lot of shit yeah. or, or should that be banned yeah yeah should that uh, you know you 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 you've been, you are, you are overheard saying, "I can't wait to get into a fight with somebody." Yeah, like I, to me, that guy's an, want, that guy's an asshole. In, yeah, to me, to me, I hope he yeah. doesn't hear this and find me. I don't think he will. <laughs> but all right, like so, in in my teens, I was playing shows, and they were like post-hardcore, metalcore shows, and there was like, you know, these fucking goons that would follow our bands around. You know, like nice guys, but they would, you know, they had the the mosh guy attire on, right? The, the uniform, right. per se. Yeah. And they would literally start fights at every show. We And we our band became known as the Fight Band, and, like, <laughs> venues got shut down. Like, Heightstown VFW, there was a fight there. We ran a show at the Italian-American Club in my town and got shut down because of fights. Yeah. And, like, and it's sad when spaces get shut down because then you lose places where you can foster a music scene. Right. So right. you need the chaos, but you need... I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's a delicate balance. Every, yeah, so, it like, is. It's kind of, but as I said, it, <clears throat> like making a hard line thing with some people who are known to have, you know, you've started fights, you're constantly starting fights and you're not allowed. Yeah. You know, if that's all you're going to do. Yeah, like you shouldn't work out all your issues in a mosh pit. You know? <laughs> like go, nah. to, go to fucking therapy or exercise or yeah, something, do yeah. something. Yeah. You know, but I do think there can be something that brings people together about dancing at shows yeah and i feel like it kind of is becoming more lost now and i don't know if you would agree because you've seen you've been going to shows for much longer than i have but i feel like the shows it's and it's also the shows i'm at i think i see less of it but it just feels like there's less of uh togetherness like in energy wise from you know moshing yeah so i don't know it's tough because i don't want to see anyone's house get destroyed or anyone get hurt no indeed yeah everyone's got to have the right idea 
Like when you when you're naked, you're not like running up to people. You're not like rubbing your dick on people. You you're, know? Yes, this is true. Yeah. yeah, you got a point there. <laughs> yeah, you know, you at least have some some decency in mind and like respectfulness and respecting boundaries. Right. Right. Yeah, have to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't like it, look away. Yeah. You know. But yeah, some people are just gonna say that you know it's not enough. It's not not enough to be told to look away. Yeah, this is like it's this is extremely upsetting to me. Sure, and, I've uh, I've heard should... people say that actually. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't. You pick your battles. Like, <laughs> were the intentions good? Like, was it part of the vibe of the show and like having fun? Like, yeah, yeah. Those are good questions. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, they might not be the questions they're you know they're, they're they've got in mind or sure some of their issues yeah yeah it, it's hard to, for people to to see other ways and myself too you yeah know? yeah that's why i i do feel like it's better to talk about things than yeah get start an internet battle you know yeah exactly and i'm all for activism and awareness like i think like i've learned a lot from the internet about injustices in the world but and when when as soon as it becomes a dialogue and like you can literally like comments on the internet like on facebook and then it becomes like a point system. Like, you yeah, know, people yeah. are voting and picking sides and it's like, I mean, the dialogue isn't always as open as it could be. It's more like people throwing punches and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It, and it, yeah, it brings us back to the uh, the illusion of civilization. That's uh, you know, the, the, the veneer of civilization that's, you know, that's stripped away. Sure. Yeah, we're really, yeah, I don't know. It's like, because I, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this guy, Victor Frankl. No, not too much. He wrote on. a book called Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like talking about this guy. Go on. He wrote a book called A Man's Search for Meaning. And it's about him. He's a therapist, a psychotherapist. <clears throat> and uh, and he was ended up in a concentration camp you know, in Nazi Germany. Ended up, he and his wife ended up in a concentration camps. Yeah. And he survived. And it's a, it's a harrowing book. I mean, highly recommended. Incredible, incredible story. But... Um, he developed this you know, this form of therapy called logotherapy, and uh, it's the ultimate <clears throat> power of positive thinking <laughs> book. You know, it, it's possible. Sure. And, uh, <clears throat> and there's one story in there. Uh, well, okay. The the premise is this: uh, um, Vince, uh, uh, Freud, Sigmund Freud, said that if you put people in a desperate situation, the masks fall off and you see the real person underneath which mm -hmm. is always you know animalistic and you know you know yeah. let you know it self-centered to survive yeah yeah and uh, uh but um frankel said that freud didn't had never seen the concentration camps that didn't that didn't take place right and he did see people put in desperate situations and masks did fall off, but every face was an individual face. It was still a, an individual face. What they didn't all turn to savagery. Some people hmm. turned, you know, who are nice, you know, before ending up in the camps, turned to pigs. Now other people who are really horrible people become like act like saints. Yeah. And um, and uh, he also there was this one guy he talked about who had a dream, and uh, in, the, in the dream it. it, it it was a specific date, and on that date, all of his problems would be solved. Yeah. And he saw the end of the war and the liberation would be happening on this date. And suddenly, his attitude was different. He would work out and and all this other, you know, all these other positive things. That's great. And he would try to keep track with what was happening in the war, like whatever news he was able to get through. 
and it didn't seem like the war was going to be over. The closer the date came, you know, the less likely it seemed that the liberation was going to come. Yeah. And the day arrived, and he died in his sleep. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, that's anecdotal. I believe it happened, and it could be a complete coincidence, but it's consistent with a lot of other stories he has to tell about what he saw in the concentration camps. Yeah. And uh, Victor Frankl, uh, you'll find a lot of his stuff, you know, online, but Man's Search for Meaning, and I rec recommend it to anybody. A friend of mine would, when he would see it on, uh, on you know, when people would be selling books, book affairs and stuff, if he ever saw it, he'd buy it so he can give it to friends, That's give cool. it to other people. Yeah. It's a great book. I, I do think a lot of, of just productivity and just happiness is mindset and like just having a positive outlook on things you know yeah which becomes hard a lot of the time you know yeah. it's hard but i think you can you know you can trick your body into doing things that mm -hmm. it doesn't want to do yeah. you know so it i i've been saying i'm going to exercise for a long time and i never really started but i have been more productive this year that's nice you know just because i've been like this is what i'm doing now you know yeah. i i giving myself an out to do things as soon as I know there's an out like oh I can put this off that's when I become a sack of shit that's when it's like over so you know that that's good stuff what was the name of the book one more time uh, man's search for meaning uh, yeah cool yeah nice is there anything else you want to talk about I've been just rambling on no I've been having <laughs> a good time any, this not is with cool. any yeah, I haven't really, you know, come to think of anything to actually talk about. Yeah, no, I, me neither. I'm, I'm glad we brought up some of this stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, loose, loose format when I do these because I like like just a natural conversation. Yeah. You know, I don't want it to be like I've done earlier ones, and it felt like I was interviewing a band or like interviewing someone. Like, so what instrument do you play? It's just like boring and stale. Yeah. You know? I feel like you get to know a person more just hearing them talk about shit that they want to talk about. Yeah. So how what's the biggest change you've seen in like the music community over time the biggest change in the yeah i guess, I guess <clears throat> in like a local and like the basement scene let's say i don't know what to <laughs> say about that <clears throat> the biggest change. i mean at the end of the day it's people just going it is to shows having a good time it is right I, I think the internet changed a lot um but i mean it's still people going to have a good time and yeah. have experiences right like yeah you know do you um what i'm trying to think of a good question i could ask what uh all right tell me about like a memorable show i guess that oh man i'm sure there's been a lot <sighs> um uh, there was a band called dead guy Okay. And uh, I don't. There was there's this one guy in the scene who was going to uh, Middlesex County College, and he got into the, uh, you know, the, the you know the department, the events. They did the shows event, there for a while. And they did shows there for a while in this huge room, and uh, it was so there were various shows. Uh, oh, I think Lifetime played there. Lifetime. Played, Ensign, I'm Ensign sure played there. Played there. Yes. Yeah. It was really great. That's awesome. And um, Youth Brigade cool. played there. That was great. Yeah. And there was a. Naked guy in the pit. I remember that for Youth Brigade, yeah, which was pretty funny. And afterwards, I was chastised by this one skinhead, like saying, "You know, why weren't you naked? Why didn't you get naked, Pedro?" And I was like, <laughs> "You know, I, I, I was all these clothes and the boot. I had the boots on yeah, and done with them." And he was just like, "Reasons, no excuse." So, but uh, <clears throat> and there was a sick of it all playing a, a basement show. It was the last show at this. <clears throat> 
Handy Street uh, house. Cool. And uh, so that was a great show. Unfortunately, kids wouldn't stay in the backyard. They kept hanging outside and the cops came. Uh, but, do it. It, but Sick of It All got to play. And it was really, you know, a great. He, they said, you know, they were proud to be playing, you know, in this basement. And, and That's the, really neat. It was all the other bands. So that was very cool. Yeah. So I, that was cool to hear. Yeah. A lot of history in this town. Yeah, it does have a history. I think, I think zines are an important and cool thing to get people, like, kind of in the know. I'm like, right. you know, because most people involved in DIY are going to shows. Even we don't, not everyone agrees on the same thing, obviously, but like, there's some common understanding with playing music, going to shows, supporting local music, hanging out. You mm-hmm. know, not being a dick is one of them, right? Not being an asshole, yeah. And just like like-mindedness, like building a community, at least in that sense. So, yeah. yeah. So, what are you looking to do in your your next scene? Stuff like that. My next zine? Yeah. Um, I can take a. <clears throat> the next zine uh, is like pretty much what the the previous zine was. I wanted to be a mixture of different different bands, like different different styles, different communities, you know, in the different in the voices, books, different voices. Yeah, yeah. And uh, keeping that keeping it that way. And cool. There being there's some politics, but you know, in a in a more um, I don't know, like more personal kind of a thing yeah i mean i feel like especially for people listening to this or most people we can all agree that the president is bad right? <laughs> it's not like even a hot take it's just stunning like calling... it's a, it's it's a stunning situation and there are people who think he's great and he's done a lot and um uh, there are problems yeah know, there are problems it, and uh it's a big reflection of the divide in this country yeah it's which i think has been uh has been fomented i think there have been people who've I know, I know. There's, it's, there's proof that people, uh, you know, been getting paychecks to divide this country. In Russia, there were these, uh, these Twitter, you know, people like hundreds of these people who are like tweeting and posting stuff on Facebook that, you know, agitated people on the on the right. Sure. But uh, this one guy who created fake news for a couple of years paid the bills, you know, made a living doing this, and then stopped because he felt he was like hurting the country. Uh, <clears throat> would do these things but always like aimed at the right wing and he was asked well why don't you do it you know do it you know for left for left wing and he said no liberals fact check yeah and see that's and that sounds like a, a messed up judgmental things to say it's just true because i have uh, conservative friends and they just post stuff that would take like a minute you know it would take 27 seconds to like to prove or disprove it, and, and I see him like put it up, and then a few minutes later take it down again. But it's you know it's it by it, by this time I post stuff. This is how you fact check, and all this, but it never ends. Yeah, it never ends. It's wild. In uh, in college too, that was like one of the things that one of my one of my like first years at Middlesex, the teacher was like, "Look, sources and fact checking is is one of the most important things. If you plagiarize three words, I'm failing you." And she did. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like it's so important. Like fifteen, uh, not fifteen, whatever. Like ten years later, it's so important to fact check. No a source. Yeah, the validity of a source. The you know just fucking everything. Because a lot of shit can be skewed so easily. Yeah, it's the age of spin. I think Dave Chappelle said you can you can take any fact and spin it any way you want. People will read the headline and then they'll form their opinion just off a headline. You know. Yeah. So, I I agree. I think people need to look look into things more. Um, I I think that yeah, like um, a per, per more personal, political, like socially or whatever, is more important than saying here's why the president's bad because there's 
countless things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just sucks, like, feeling like we have to just... I feel like very disenfranchised once again. I was a Bernie Sanders bro. Not like I, I think, like... um Everything would have panned out if he was elected, but I think he would have been better, the best choice. I, yeah, I agree. And um, I, he actually got me at least engaged in some extent. Like I started listening to like talk radio and stuff, and like, you know. Yeah, it, I think uh, he did that with a lot of people. Yeah, he like, you know, he got uh, got got a whole generation engaged, and like he, his message kind of spoke to people. And it, it's shitty he was kind of conned out of things, right? You yeah, know? yeah. And that's that's the game of politics, yeah. you know. Yeah. And here we are, and now I'm disengaged again. I don't, and I, I don't know if that makes me a shitty citizen, but I literally don't even give it the time of day. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, and I'm sure bad things are happening. I try to be an ally in any way I can in real life. Donate money, volunteer, whatever. But like, I don't want to know about shit because what am I going to do? I go on Twitter and change the fucking world. Like, yeah, that could be a very uh, calming, sane, <laughs> logical, reasonable. Uh, way to go yeah in order to keep from going insane yeah yeah there's just so much you could fucking drive yourself crazy i have people who like just check the news every day yeah and yeah, there's P- gonna be a story every day about something yeah pbs keeps me sane that's good <laughs> mr rogers oh fred rogers well i don't watch mr rogers well, neighborhood yeah. anymore, no, although he's no. a great hero to me oh nice and uh uh he's a, yeah he's a great hero to me and uh, i said i actually have a youtube playlist mr rogers remembered and it's all videos of mr rogers being interviewed and cool little videos about you know about things he you know things he did nice yeah so yeah good soul good man good soul yeah so you you have a youtube channel you were saying before yeah and you just videos from shows and stuff one is one channel it has a playlist um the life we lead and i'm putting up videos of this cable access show i did and I'd like to get back to doing that again. Doing when did the, you do a cable access show? This was in uh, a while ago. Everything is a while ago. <laughs> so this was in uh, the 90s. It was in, again mid-90s thing. It was around the mid-90s. And in this area? In this area. Cool. It was on cable access. Did you go to a studio and film it? Uh, no, nah, it was like Gorilla. We'd go to shows with a camera. And then we and then the guy would edit it for me, and uh, we'd post that up. And so I want to do it again. That's wild. How did, how did you get... It on cable access. I don't even remember how. Guy, so I, I think he's, I think uh, the guy who wanted to produce it uh, was starting to do it himself, and then he had I think he asked me to do it. Cool. To be the host, and the the title, the life we lead, was my idea. I don't remember who originally coined it, but that's I think I know who came up with it. Cool. But I, I kind of insisted on that being the name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. So and you was, you did so, radio too. I used to do radio. I'd like to do it again. A friend of mine, uh, like I said, you know said i should like do a podcast yeah i have no idea what it's one of those things i have no idea what i would talk about whatever <laughs> you know i don't plan shit i yeah. sometimes i do and i've guessed i'll like do if it's a band or something i'll do like maybe five to ten minutes of research and yeah. that's it yeah but um what what station did you do radio for it was on rutgers radio wrsu okay 88.7 okay. 88.7 okay because i i did the core i did 90.3 for like yeah. three years and it's nice. fun yeah but 88.7 actually played music that was more my speed yeah like like some hip jazz stuff and like you find like cool like world music on there a lot too so that was neat always yeah that's awesome all right let's let's wrap this guy up all right yeah we've been having a good time yeah seriously come back i would i was going to ask you can we have me back please (laughs) (laughs) yeah next time you can get naked 
Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> That's the teaser. Tune in next time. I will get naked. For audio of a man getting Audio naked. of a man. I'll, I'll take it off slowly. Like one article of clothing Perfect. Uh, as I go I'll, I'll do like Howard Stern style and like try to sexually describe <laughs> it. <laughs> the boots are coming yeah, you've off. Got, you've, got the, you've got the voice. You've got the, the sexy voice. My nasally ass My voice. My nasally ass voice. <laughs> cool, dude. Yeah, thanks for coming through. This I is a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll do this again. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Bye.